Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. XNC Podcast, your Xbox newscast featuring Colt Eastwood, hosting industry interviews and gaming talk live on YouTube every Monday night at 5 p.m. West Coast and 8 p.m. East Coast. For all of you listening around the world, the XNC Podcast is available on demand on Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. Welcome to the show. Join the chat, hit the like button, and let's get into this week's topics with Colt Eastwood's Xbox Newscast. Good night, good morning, uh, good afternoon, wherever you are in the world watching the XNC podcast or the Xbox newscast. And I am Cole Eastwood, the host, and I've got a couple of great special guests. We've got a lot to talk about. I'm excited to bring back to the show for, I think, the third time. We've got Miles Dampierre of Windows Central. What is going on, Colt? Happy to be here. You know what they say, third time's the charm, baby. Let's do this. I'm excited to basically meet MVG. This is my first time getting to sit down and talk with him. Obviously, we talk all the time. You're in my DMs like a creep constantly, but uh, <laughs> I'm looking forward to the show. It should be a lot of fun. This, this is my favorite part of starting the show is I get to meet people. Like I've got MVG here, guys. This is uh, a, what would you call it? You'd call it just a historic figure in game development and YouTube. <laughs> He's been doing YouTube for a little while and just really cranking out great videos on hardware and tech and ways that we different ways we can play games. So welcome to the show. MVG, how are you doing tonight? Thanks for having me on, Cole. I'm doing great. Uh, Miles, it's great to meet you as well. And I got to say, you know, on SNL, you know, Steve Martin is like the guy that's been on like the no- most number of times. Are you the Steve Martin on, on the XNC podcast? Is that is that what that's going to be? Am I cold? Do I hold the record right now? Or <laughs> Yeah, it was just too wild and crazy guys. Yeah, <laughs> for all the old people watching, right? Yeah. No, but thank you both for being here. Uh, it, we've got a lot of stuff to talk about, but we'll just kind of roll into, as people kind of check out the show, we've already got a super chat. We've got Mr. Joanna Dark. He says, I just want to give a shout out to the awesome Cold Eastwood. MVG, first time listening to you and happy to get to know you. Finally, Miles, the GOAT. Yeah, thank you. But, yeah, I also, I forgot to mention, he's also on the Spawn Wave cast. Mm-hmm. What other shows have you been doing? So, I mean, I do so much stuff, but I'm on the Spawn cast every Saturday night with uh, Spawn Wave and, and the rest of the crew. That's a lot of fun. Um, and I also do the Nate the Hate show with um, Nate from the Spawncast, we do our own podcast, which is an audio-only uh, podcast once a week, or roughly once a week. Sometimes we will we'll, we'll do it every every two weeks. But um, yeah, uh, between those two things, YouTube and game development, I'm I'm pretty 
pretty slammed most of the time. So, um, so yeah. So for, I mean, I'm sure most people know who you are, but let's just do a quick spotlight. Tell people, you say game development, people were like, what, what? I thought you just, you just did YouTube. Like tell, tell us what you do or what you've done in the past, what you claim to fame. <laughs> well, so YouTube has always been my side hustle, you know, like I, even though I kind of quit regular jobs a couple of years ago now, um, I never really considered YouTube to be a full-time thing, right? And some people, you know, quit jobs to go full-time. Um, so I ended up, um, I work in the in the game industry. So I work at Night Dive Studios and I also work at Limited Run Games. So um, as far as games that I've, I've shipped and I've worked on, uh, for Limited Run, I uh, worked on Shantae, which came out in January this year, I think, physically. And then um, you probably have heard of a small game that just got released a couple of weeks ago called Quake um, for QuakeCon. So I was a lead developer, or I was senior dev on on that project as well with the Night Dive guys. So, um, so yeah, that's that's uh, what what I've been been up to outside of YouTube. Pretty busy. So, what's it like taking that game that has been out for so long? Like, what's it like taking that and bringing it into a new customer base, like on new consoles? Uh, well, I mean, I will say, like for me, as someone that grew up playing Quake, it's a dream come true working on that project, right? I mean, I there were there were times during that project where um, there was some stress, you know. There's always some stress in in in, in making games, and then you just turn around, and pinch yourself, and say, "Dude, shut up! You're working on Quake. What? You, it's not it's not that bad, you know. It's this is this is what you want, right? So, um, but as far as you know, bring it to a new audience. I mean." What we do at Night Dive is we're really good at, um, and if you play Doom sixty four and and um, uh, Quake and uh, Two Rock, you know one and two, you, you know what we do. We we like to um, take the original source game and just you know modernize it, right? Um, we don't want to we don't want to give it a fresh coat of paint, right? We don't want to change anything. We want to keep the the underlying game running the way it has always been. But we want to, you know, add quality of life and modern console experiences like 4K, 60 FPS, HD, um, widescreen, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And so we just kind of subtly add really cool new features. So for Quake, for example, we added, uh, we updated the models. But if you just look at it as a passing observer, it looks pretty much the same. But if you look closer, sure. you can tell that the models have been updated. Um, so we just give it a little bit of, um, you know, a little some some nice little polish on top of the original game, just to just to make it um, accessible to a modern audience, I guess. So it isn't file save as dot xbox or whatever <laughs> no no I, I wish i wish it was <laughs> i wish it was that easy um it's there's always some more complications than that um but uh it's the beauty of it you know and i guess you know you also want to add features that you know the target hardware is is you know really good at right so um one thing that um you know we did for for the xbox is um you know we gave it 60 fps and, and everything um, there's a, uh, it hasn't re- released yet, but we're, we're bringing out, um, series S and series X versions later on. I can't say when they're coming out, but they'll have 120 and, and, you know, just the, the modern enhancements that you would expect from, from those nice. systems. So, um, so yeah, I mean, we, 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 we want to 
provide the best user experience that we can. But we again, we don't want to like just change the landscape of of the game that that we're working on at the same time. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it, you're rock star. Like we got we got over 300 people, almost 400 watching right now. <clears throat> Those who love games, like we look at a developer, anyone who works in the gaming industry that helps us provide games. You're rock star. Like we love that. <laughs> we, we respect. We love that. And speaking of rock stars, we were talking pre-show. You're you're looking at a full panel here. We're all guitar players. We were talking pre-show about our axes, our guitars on the wall. We got you know my Les Paul over here, and MVG was showing me some of his shredding devices. Uh, <laughs> and of course, Miles is a a veteran of young age uh, of guitar time and, and it being in bands. And so I wanted to talk to you guys about a new game that you've barely dipped into, but I'm going to start. Usually I, I'll go with you guys, but since we're kind of, we'll just segue in nice and naturally. Let me just say something about a game I just finished that um, most people will probably just gloss over. But yesterday I finished the artful escape. It's about four hours, maybe. And uh, there's very little, almost no gameplay in it other than jumping and holding X to shred. And as someone, uh, myself, I'm really old. So I grew up raised on 80s music. And this game was created by a guitar player, a musician who toured in the 80s and 90s. So the attention to detail for music, the way that the worlds and these alien landscapes are in a certain key and the guitar playing and all of the things that go on are in key, as musicians know. If it's if if the world is in in the key of A, all of the riffs and everything played just goes along in time as well as in key. So I was loving the game. So I've been asking Miles to get into it. Um, I'll finish this by saying, I I was playing with my headset on uh, my rigs. I have a nice wireless headset on. I have really great sound in that, but. It got to the point where I was among this alien crowd watching me play this massive uh, showcase. And I took the headset off and I turned on my stereo surround with the subwoofer and just cranked it. And this alien crowd was going crazy. Like, and uh, I got I got teared up. Like as a lifelong fan of music and someone who plays piano, sings, plays guitar. I know that these two could totally relate. It almost put Artful Escape as a 10 out of 10 for me. So good. I, I hope you guys check it out. Miles. I'm, I'm curious, uh, real quick. Uh, who was the guitar player that, that was uh, involved I in this I just looked it up. Uh, it, it was. It sounded like... Uh, uh, it was. Let me Give me a second. I'm going to look it up because the name was uh, not like an American name that I would remember. Not Ingway Malmsteen, was it? <laughs> no, no, no. I would, I would know that. No, it was not someone that that we know uh, as. That, at least I don't think so. It would be great if you guys did. Give me a second. I will get it here. This the guitarist is. Get down to development. I just read this earlier. Um, guys, totally got me. Put me on the spot. Yeah, and I, I it starts with an E. <laughs> um, okay, so I guess Eden at Altman. Eden Altman. So it wasn't okay. like a. Yeah, it wasn't a memorable name for me. Uh, Eden Altman. I don't. I there wasn't a link to look up what he's done, or he. I guess he or she. But I mean, very cool. Miles, you've got an hour into this. Tell people what you think of it. Yeah, I'm. I'm in the same boat. As a big music fan, there's so many subtle details when you're playing. It's an homage to uh, classics like Bob Dylan, David Bowie, iconic figures in rock, and. 
even if you aren't someone who's played music and played live, there's this really compelling story pushing everything pushing everything along. And the visuals are top notch. It's a huge trip. Like the, even the the opening like cinematic, which is grounded compared to the rest of the game, which gets very surreal, very out there, um, mm-hmm. is absolutely gorgeous. Um, and I'm excited to see it through. Like I said, I'm only about an hour in, but I I'm really looking forward to playing it through. And you finished it, so I've heard it's about four hours long. Like it's not a very lengthy experience. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But um, oh yeah, it's it's really good, really good, really powerful. Just just visually and from an audio perspective as well. So MVG, what um, you haven't dove into, dived in? Is that the correct word? You haven't dove, dove into in? it. <laughs> dove into it. <laughs> you haven't clipped up Dovered into uh, the artful escape. But what have you been playing lately? And I'll I'll get to Miles on what he's been what he's been playing. So I'm still playing Psychonauts 2. Um, I'm a little behind, I guess, on the backlog, uh, but I'm I'm trying to get through the game because I, I keep hearing, and, and I agree uh, that it's probably one of the best games that have come out this year, um, and it may have something to say at the Game of the Year awards, you know, at the end of this year, which I agree with. Uh, I'm, I think I'm doing the Tomb of the, the Sharkophagus, which is, I guess, three quarters of the way through. So I'm trying to get through the game and beat it um, so I can, you know, put my hand up and say, yep, I think it's it's a contender. But I, I'm loving it, wow. um, and I want to, you know, I want to beat it as soon as I can. So it's a lot of fun. All right. Miles, what have you been playing? You've been busy. I've been busy. I spent a lot of time with a thick JRPG the past week. Uh, I did the review for Tales of Arise for Windows Central and absolutely loved it. It's It's, you know... I used to be really big into JRPGs for a long time, like I think a lot of us were in the the glory days, the PS1, PS2 era where JRPGs were were the king. And I sort of fell off for a long time. And then recent years, I've had you know a, a resurgence, a, a desire to go back and kind of revisit some of these franchises and see what's new. And Tales of Arise is basically promised to be a reboot of this long running, twenty five year running series. And I was like, you know what? Now's a good time. I've I've skipped the last few. I love some of the earlier ones, but I want to dive in and see what this is about. So, Tales of Arise, absolute anime nonsense. It's, the story it's a is looker too. It's it's gorgeous. The game looks beautiful. The story is it's corny. It's it's I would I would call it corny and borderline bad. But, but everything <laughs> else about that game is is perfect. I loved it. I spent about fifty hours with it. And um, highly recommend if you want a nice action JRPG. Yeah, I've been watching your tweets. Like you're having, a, you were really enjoying it. So that's a good recommendation. You have a review coming out when? Reviews up. So I gave it Reviews a uh, four point five out of five uh, for oh, Windows. Nice. So. All right, yeah, yeah, go check that out on Windows Central, guys. I've got a uh, Mr. Joanna Dark with a five dollars super chat. He says, "MVG, you said you worked at Night Dive Studio. Did mm-hmm. you work on the current development?" system shock remastered no so we have we have two teams at night dive the system shock team and the kex team i'm on the kex team um so i'm not involved in the system shock uh devs but um i've i've looked at the game i've looked at builds and it's looking pretty good so stay tuned i'm sure we'll have more to announce when the time comes 
Awesome. Awesome. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reset for people just joining. This is the XNC Podcast. I'm here with Miles Dompierre of Windows Central and MVG of YouTube fame. And we are talking, we've got, let me give you an idea of what we're talking about because people want to know what's coming on the show. We're going to talk about, uh, we're going to start off talking about this mid-gen hardware leak. I'm going to kind of lead in with MVG on that. We're going to talk about some of the highlights from the PlayStation Showcase. We're going to talk about some licensing for big games. That's a big discussion about what should or shouldn't come to PlayStation and Xbox, vice versa. That's a little vague, but we'll get into that. And then we've got some games leaks, like a whole handful of games leaks came out this week, and everyone wants to know what is going on with that. I haven't even had a chance to dive into it more to even make a video. We'll get into that. So as we get into the show, uh, that's sort of the things we'll be talking about. So thank you uh, to the 500 people who are here live. We've got Hargit Chani says... Uh, $10 Super Chat says thank you. He says, gentlemen, as predicted, PlayStation shows us two games and Xbox apparently needs to answer. P.S. What happened for PlayStation to answer Nintendo or Xbox? I think PlayStation is bland and behind the other two, according to him. So this goes into, uh, I think, the licensing for big heroes or big IPs. We're going to get into that in just a little bit. But let's start off, MVG... I know you've probably kept a little bit of an eye on this. Did you hear about this leak about a mid-gen refresh already in the works for PlayStation 5 Pro yep. and Xbox Series S? Yeah, you know? I've heard about it. Um, what do I know? I don't I don't know anything about it. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I look, it's hard to imagine that this is real, right? I mean, like, first of all, you can't even get a PlayStation 5 and an Xbox Series X or S, right? And you probably won't be able to get one for a... I mean, I, I mean, I'm not wishing this on anyone, but it may be another 12 to 18 months before you can Agreed. jump on Amazon, add one to your cart, and purchase one without any, you know, without any uh, resistance or anything. So, yeah, it's hard for me to imagine um, there is a, a mid-season refresh. But I guess from a technical aspect, and this is where I think it doesn't make sense to me, even if there was enough availability. Would there be a mid-season refresh? I think the answer is it's still hard for me to say that I believe in that because, first of all, we're just everyone's hitting 4K 60 now. Everyone's getting 4K televisions, right? 4K is the new standard. And if you go back and look at the PS4 Pro and the Xbox One X, when those mid-season refreshes, they came out to kind of fill a void, right? Because back before that, we were on 1080 displays and then 4K TV started coming in. So both Sony and Microsoft said, oh, we want to we want to kind of bridge that gap a little bit. We want to just push the envelope. We want to we want to boost our hardware. So it does. Um, they do perform good on 4K televisions. But in this scenario, I can't see 8K TVs being a standard, you know, in two years from now. So for me, it's hard to imagine there there is a need for a mid-season refresh of new systems. But um, just my thoughts, I guess. I mean, um, I just don't feel like it, it really makes sense. I mean, we're still – it just feels like this generation is just getting started, you know. And in many ways yeah. it is. And we're talking about, you know, what, 8K displays now? I mean, so for me, I just feel like 4K 60, 4K 120 – is going to be the standard for the entire generation. I don't really see a need for more powerful hardware, you know, at the end of the day. You know, what are they going to give us that we don't have? I mean, more teraflops? Sure, but I mean I mean we can we've seen games run exceptionally well anyway. So I again, I I don't know. I mean, I'm curious to know what you guys think about this one, but I just kind of feel like it's 
it's much to do about nothing on this one. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. Miles, have you looked into this? Have you taken a an investigative yeah. look into this? Absolutely. Leak? Yeah. It's it's the conversations about mid gen refreshes since the PS4 Pro and Series X have been announced. They've pretty much permeated. There's always been a leak, a conversation, a rumor of some kind regarding these refreshes. And it is kind of fascinating to think about when you look at Xbox's model shifting to the Series X and the Series S along with Xbox All Access. I feel like maybe long term they were kind of preparing their customer base for more options for refreshes. When you have a two-year model that kind of mirrors a, a phone upgrade plan, maybe you are subtly kind of gauging interest in more kind of iterative models. When you're calling your console a Series X, that sets it up so you can have an S2, S3, et cetera. So there's some interesting stuff to think about there, but like MVG was talking about, right now, even if that was a plan with these stock shortages, I'm sure that is just either canceled or put far on the back burner because we're still hearing of chip shortages through 2023. I know a ton of people personally who still can't get a PS5, still can't get a Series X. And maybe iterative consoles that are designed to come out while they wait for these things to be figured out, I could potentially see. But in terms of like an upgraded, more powerful console coming in the next two years, I don't think that's realistic right now. Yeah, well, like MVG said, we're already getting everything we want. Like, we're getting, I just call it high-resolution 60 or 120. Like, even yeah. if it's in between or if it's checkerboarded or if it dynamically scales, games look great. They're running great. But where there's smoke, there's fire. Like, do you guys think maybe this comes from a badly translated or a telephone rumor that's whispered down from over shoulder to shoulder to where... It really means something about more SOC yield advantages, like where they can shrink and and get better production and get more consoles out quicker, and, while still keeping the same performance, like like a stealth console, like they did with the yeah, PS5. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you're right, Cole. It, it does make sense. I mean, maybe maybe you're right. Maybe what the leak is was something that didn't have all the information. But I mean, look. Hardware manufacturers, platform holders, they're always in the R&D lab, you know, trying to shrink down um, the SOCs and, and make things more performant and cooler and, and, and all that stuff. So, yeah, I mean, this could easily just be, um, you know, a die shrink, you know, maybe maybe some enhancements, um, but I wouldn't go as far as to say it's a, you know, mid-season refresh or, you know, there's now they're suddenly adding 8K to, you know, mm-hmm. the, to, you know, the output resolutions and stuff. Even though Sony does have 8K on their PS5 box, right? So we still have to wait wait for that, right? Um, but, yeah, for me, I don't know. I, I just, again, I just don't think it's it, it, it makes any economical sense at all at this time. Um, the only way I could, could potentially see a mid-season refresh is if, Microsoft and Sony decide that tr- rather than just trying to hit 4K 60 or 4K 120 locked, they they bake in hardware, you know, um, AI upscaling, you know, so they don't have to, you know, just hit that raw those raw numbers all the time, where they just, you know, use a, a, an upscaling um, algorithm to do that for them, like DLSS, right? You know, if they can, yeah, they can bake that already- in. 
Yeah, that's already available to the Series S and X yep. hardware through developers. Mm-hmm. What other things, uh, Hargit Chani asks, like what things are missing right now on mid-gen refer- or on current consoles? Like what's missing? He says ray tracing, you know, we have that. better performance. What are we missing? I feel like ray tracing is kind of um, kind of a farce right now. When I look at ray tracing, I'm like, usually you get it at 30 frames or it's really low quality, but the lighting and look of the game never changes, which is what ray tracing promises on NVIDIA cards. Like it, it changes how great the game can look and it makes it look more realistic. Hmm. Like what's I, I, missing? See, I don't right know. Now? And that's the thing. I mean, if you ask, you know, the average person that has a Series S or a, C- or a PS5, what would they want to see? I mean, look, everyone's just going to say, I want more memory and more more power, but... Um, that's just human nature. You know, we want the fastest that we can get. But at the end of the day, I mean, I think given the games that we're getting and the games that that are on the roadmap for the next few years, I think I think we're in pretty good shape with what we have. You know, yeah. It's this is the first time where a console generation—not the first time, but the first time in a while—where a console generation puts out hardware that is cutting edge for the most part. A lot of the features, a, a lot of these specs are <laughs> n- not even fully being utilized still. So, yeah, thinking about a mid-gen refresh right now is kind of, it's weird. It's weird to ask those questions. What are we missing? What are yes. we missing at this price point? Sure, we can spend $1,000, $2,000 on something more powerful and get all the bells and whistles. But at this console price point, what what are we missing exactly? There's one thing that we're missing and, and a mid-gen refresh won't really fix it it's it's the price of of storage to hold your games you really have to be really frugal about which games you install on the new consoles unless you spend more money <laughs> but well punky dish a uh, longtime friend and uh, and a follower and i'm a follower of him but he five dollar super chat he says 8k in mid-gen is cool to think of eventually but no reason to think too much into it 4k 60 and 120 will be a standard for a while. So he echoes exactly what both you guys are saying. Um, I look at games right now. I, I can only think of two games that launch at 30 frames. One was Watch Dogs Legions because it had to have ray tracing at the beginning. They patched it away uh, to let you have a performance mode. And then the medium, which took hmm. the dual screen. So, But everything's been 60. And MVG, you play mostly on a PC. That's where you spend most of your time playing games. No, I, I use my Xbox Series X uh, Game Pass and my PS5. I don't really use my PC for gaming, um, believe it or not. So I, I, I'm a console gamer. So you've been enjoying 60 when a couple, when a year ago you're like, oh, it's at 30. It yeah. still looks good. Oh yeah, right? dude. Every time there's a 60 FPS patch, I'm always there, you know, turning it back on and and re-enjoying it again. In fact, I'm playing the original God of War or 2018 God of War on the PS5 now it's got the 60 patch so yes. um, and it's just a completely different game and I think in so many ways you know going back and revisiting some games they do get updates like that it's a, it's almost transformative in, in so many ways you know some of these games that that used to play at 30 so I'm I'm all about it like I'm very very happy with the way things are right now even though you know there is a delay of games that we've had with covid and everything we're slowly mm-hmm. starting to see them trickle through but there's still a ton of games that you can play either through game pass your general backlog or you know or, or whatever i mean or via just back backward compatibility yeah let's talk about a uh as you talk about like the, uh, the upgrade 
You reminded me of the of the next topic, which is about upgrades. Far Cry Six is coming out this year, and it'll be the first time a Far Cry launches on console at sixty. You got their their open world at sixty, where you can go all across the map. So this is a big deal. But Ubisoft is a massive, massive publisher. Like they're one of the top at the top. If you're going to name off like the top uh, five or six biggest publishers, and they are doing the Far Cry Six upgrade from PS4 to PS5 and Xbox to Series for free. Miles, did you watch this announcement when they made a big graphic that said upgrade free? Yes, obviously there's been a lot of conversations, passionate conversations about how people should upgrade, what the process should be. Should people pay for it? And um, it's been fascinating to see it all roll out. We we had this kind of assumption that eventually all the big publishers were going to transition to $70 for Series X PS5 games because of the because it takes more work to put that version out. Uh, and then we have people like Xbox, a big publisher. We have Ubisoft now coming out and saying, we, we're not going to do that. We're not going to charge you an extra 10 bucks for these upgrades. If you buy it on this console, we're going to let you take advantage of that. And I, I think that's awesome. I think that's a great approach. We have PlayStation who is finally giving us some sort of consistent messaging that says, you know, okay, we're going to charge you $10 to upgrade every time from the PS4 to the PS5 version. Sorry about the confusion with Horizon. That one we're going to give you for free. But moving forward, it's going to be 10 bucks. So at least there's some sort of consistent messaging. Obviously, I'm not in the camp that that's the best approach. They want to justify it in the ways that they do. Um, but in regards to Ubisoft, I think that's especially compelling because we have Battlefield 2042, which is from yeah. EA, another big publisher that is charging an extra $10 on the Xbox Series X and PS5. I thought that was kind of lame when you compare mm-hmm. what you get to the, P- the PC version and the Xbox Series X and PS5 version. Um, you're paying $10 as basically a, a console tax. Um, so an it, upgraded console tax, so too. So it's yeah. nice that Ubisoft is coming out and saying you get this for free. And I hope that puts pressure on the PlayStations, on the EAs, who hmm. are potentially just trying to squeeze out $10 more because they can. MVG, do you think that Miles is right? Do you think that this will put plush pressure on PlayStation to... Walk back the ten dollar greatness tax. <laughs> no, um, Sony does whatever they want, honestly, um, and that's been pretty evident with with like like you guys were alluding to the just the confusion surrounding upgrades. It seems like every game that has an upgrade path has a different message, and I do applaud them for yeah consistency now. Right, um, if it is ten dollars, you know, going forward then fantastic that that's actually really refreshing here even though again i don't really think it should be a ten dollar upcharge but it is what it is i get it but i mean yeah i look i don't think sony's going to really look at look look at what the competition is doing and then make their own decisions i think they have their own ideas about how they will handle upgrades and and you know um hopefully will they won't change that going forward i mean it seems like they're they're onto it now but you never know what, what can happen going forward. But um, one thing I want to mention about the Sony thing, though, is I, I feel like, um, and I've talked about this before, but Sony's, I guess they must have felt like the PlayStation 4 that they were looking to maybe sunset that system earlier than than they uh, than they'd anticipated because obviously they're in a situation now where the PS4 is still a very prominent system and it will be for the next, let's say, 18 months. 
Um, so maybe they were hoping that they were thinking about, you know, retiring or just tapering off the PS4 um, this year, but obviously they can't do that. And I, I just felt like they didn't really focus on the upgrade path, you know, in, in the same way that, that, that Microsoft has with smart delivery. And now they're kind of caught between a rock and a hard place trying to figure out how do we, how do we make this work? Um, and I, I think, you know, ultimately it has a lot to do with COVID being, you know, still a thing and, and everything. But yeah, I mean, PS4 is going to be around for a while longer. And as much as I hate, um, you know, cross-gen games, um, I think they're going to yeah. be charging that $10 upcharge for everything going forward, you know? Yeah, it, it's like we're not super clear about it because we always get stuck in the do I have to pay to upgrade? But it really, you're right. It really is about PlayStation stating that PS5 games are $70. That's our stance. Yeah. So it, that kind of gets muddied up along the $10 upgrade. It's just an it's extra $10 to get a PlayStation first party game. So, or an, yeah, an extra $10 or 70, depending on like if the Kena Bridge of Spirits is coming out, it's probably going to be 50 instead of 40. But, um, the, the weird part is we don't know exactly how long we'll be in cross gen on the PlayStation. Xbox said for the first one to two years, that's coming to a close. I think mm. miles, maybe you can shed some light on this. I think starting January after December, after halo opens up, I think the releases are going to be only on Xbox Series S, X, and PC. Is that what your assumption is? They've done a really good job with messaging across the board. They were they were very upfront at the start of this generation saying, hey, we're not going to ditch the Xbox One right away. A lot of our biggest titles that are coming out for the first, like you said, year or two on this console, they're going to be cross-gen. And we're going to make sure that they run well on both, and that's it is what it is. Um, but then when you really look at it, yeah, Xbox is kind of on pace to stop supporting the Xbox One probably faster than a lot of us expected when we heard this messaging. Yeah. Like Redfall, a big, big exclusive for them next year is is not launching on Xbox One. And then you, we know stuff like Hellblade 2. We know stuff like Fable. A lot of their biggest games that we know about are not cross-gen. So next year, a lot of the biggest games that we know about probably are not going to be cross-gen. So it's, it's, it's interesting to see this dynamic play out between PlayStation and Xbox. Yeah, they may have already made that decision. Like when you're talking, Miles, I'm thinking you we, you talk about the pandemic and how an MVG also talked about how it's hard to get a new console. Hmm. So Xbox is like, well, crap, because we want to be able to let people play because if they can't get a Series S or X, these new games come out next year and they're not on Xbox One. But then you remember that they're allowing you to play it on console streaming through the Xbox One. You can play all series games that way so i guess it'll work its way out but it is interesting i, I gotta give a shout out to uh, a couple of my mods here we've got lethal papa longtime friend who's helping keep the chat nice and and happy and i got happy bomb who's also modding the show appreciate their work to hang out here and, and talk to the chat you guys are amazing almost 800 people watching but we are going to pivot right into uh, a couple of highlights. We could talk about the PlayStation Showcase all day, but I want to kind of guide this discussion toward what this means for Xbox gamers. So one of the first games they showed, uh, this is going to get us in a whole can of worms. One of the very first games they showed that actually relates to Xbox somehow is Knights of the Old Republic exclusive on the PlayStation, even though it dropped in its very first version 
on the original Xbox. MVG, I want to hear your reaction to seeing KOTOR PlayStation exclusive. Um, I'm glad it's back. Honestly, like I, I'll take it right where I can get it, you know. Uh, it, but it is interesting that, yeah, you're right. Um, Cult that it was a Xbox originally on on the OG Xbox, and I still have my copy of it somewhere in, in the house, I'm sure. Um, and I love that game. So, uh, look, I, I think it's a it's a it's a big get for Sony, and and you know they they did really well to to secure that one. Good for them. I'm looking forward to seeing what what we get from it. Um, yeah, I mean. I'm I'm not too concerned. I mean, I have both systems, so I'm not too concerned how I how I get to play it. Um, it is a little, you know, interesting that it is a Sony Sony game. Um, so props to them again for getting it. Uh, but mm-hmm. yeah, uh, I'm just glad it's back at the end of the day. Honestly, okay. As long as it's okay. not on cell phone, you know, if it's not a mobile <laughs> game, I don't care, man. I'll, you know, if it's on the Switch, on the Xbox, the PlayStation, you just give it to me. I'm happy. <laughs> thank you <laughs> sir x-men says enjoying the show cole thank you so much we're having a good time i gotta hear miles's take like miles the chat's wondering like is this game coming to xbox so yeah it's been interesting for me especially because i had an og xbox i owned knights of the old republic but i wasn't somebody who necessarily loved it i remember playing it back in the day enjoying it but it's not a beloved franchise for me like it is for a lot of people so I, I had heard that this remake was coming. I knew the remake was coming. But when I was watching that showcase and I saw Sony Interactive Entertainment Presents, I was like, oh, what? Did they? And obviously, they want you to think in this reveal that this is a PlayStation exclusive. So sure. I was in shock a little bit. I was like, wow, PlayStation actually secured this iconic, beloved, original Xbox exclusive as a PlayStation exclusive. In that same showcase, they showed you Alan Wake remastered, a beloved, mm-hmm. used to be an original Xbox exclusive coming to PlayStation. So there was a couple key things in there that were really interesting. And obviously people are upset. If you primarily play on Xbox and you wanted to play this game on Xbox, you're going to be waiting at least a year, maybe two years. We don't know what the timed exclusivity is. Um, but PlayStation is obviously being very aggressive about Western RPGs. The Xbox yeah, stable yeah. is stacked. For Western RPGs. If you're PlayStation and you see Bethesda leave, you see Obsidian, you see In Exile, you see all these iconic, beloved Western RPGs leave, and you know there's those games are going to be exclusive, you got to be aggressive. You got to start doing something to get these Western RPGs because you're PlayStation. You have shifted from the East to the West in a huge way, and if you were losing oh, yeah. Western RPGs on that scale, that is that is scary. So... It sucks for some people. And if you only have an Xbox, you can't afford all consoles. Because I see people say that like, oh, yeah, it sucks, but just buy a PS5. Okay, it's not that easy to just buy a PS5. One, availability is tough. Two, not everyone has $700 to just, I want to play Star Wars. I'm going to spend $700. That's not a realistic ask. Mm -hmm. So for those people, I get it. It sucks. But unfortunately, in this this war of platforms that we're in, especially between Xbox and PlayStation, we are going to see more and more really big exclusive games on either side because PlayStation is not going to just straight up buy developers for the most part, but they are going to make big, bold moves to secure stuff like Knights of the Old Republic. Oh, man, it really just shows how Xbox like got out of the dugout and started playing ball, and Sony had to respond. You're so right about the Western RPG thing. 
Because Xbox has an unlock. I hate it that you said they stack the stables, though. That's a smirky <laughs> move there. But uh, I hey, I want to get. <laughs> I got to give a shout out to over 800 people watching. If you're enjoying the show, if you love seeing Miles' beautiful face and seeing the stoic modern vintage gamer here talking about the gaming news of the week, uh, move away from the chat for a second. Hit a like, show support for the channel. We're on Google, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts after the show. So that's on demand, but we're live on YouTube right now. And I gotta. I would normally go to Miles on this one, but I'm going to go to... MVG on this. Man, I'm getting all the hard questions. <laughs> this is a tough one. This this is a killer question. Oh god. So if Kotor, a LucasArts slash Disney IP, can be exclusive to PlayStation, even though mm. it's on PC, I know it, Chad. I'm, I hear you. We're talking about it being off of the Xbox. If if Kotor can be exclusive to the PlayStation console, what does this mean? For Machine Games' new Indiana Jones game. Ooh. Oh, that's it. Take it. Ooh. I mean, I would say, hmm, it's a t- man. This is a tough question. Um, <laughs> I, I, I think I think Indiana Jones will probably be exclusive to Xbox. Probably. That wasn't the that wasn't the case. Like over the past year, like what changes your what changed your tune? Like were were you in the camp that was like, nah, um, that's gonna be multiplat. Be honest. Quit lying. No, I, I I think with Bethesda it's weird, man. Like I, I feel like yeah. each game you gotta you gotta treat on its own merits. But for me, I, I think it's it's a big enough game where they probably wanted to secure it as an exclusive. Because I mean, look, sure, you could say, look, um, if we release this multiplat, it's going to sell a lot of copies on on PlayStation. Mm-hmm. But I also feel like this is going to, you know really draw more people to game pass subscriptions and things like that so this is one of those games that you want to secure as an exclusive and really get those numbers um you know up on on the game pass and and more console sales so i i would say that it's probably exclusive okay okay uh miles do you agree with him Uh, i will echo his exact wording (laughs) it is probably an exclusive yes indiana jones as we've seen with disney um, there's no such thing as an IP being too big to be an exclusive, which was kind of the conversation for a little while. It was. Certain IPs were too big. Xbox can't have exclusivity or PlayStation can't have exclusivity. PlayStation has exclusivity for Spider-Man. It does not get much bigger than Spider-Man. Yeah. Um, Disney right now is invested in finding the right teams to make great games, which is awesome to see because for a while, they weren't really concerned about that. We were getting licensed games that were not good. Not good at all. And PlayStation now, as we saw with the Sea of Thieves, or, or as we or Disney, as we saw with the Sea of Thieves crossover with Pirates of the Caribbean, as we saw with Spider-Man and Insomniac, they are partnering with the right teams for the right licenses. So Indiana Jones, likely, in my opinion, to be an exclusive unless, unless there was some sort of wording contract yeah. in place that said this was going to be developed for X, Y, and Z platforms. Because remember... Phil Spencer and Xbox have told you blatantly that they will not be buying out these contracts. They are going to yeah, see any yeah. they're going to see any contracts through and they were very very particular with the wording post Bethesda acquisition. They didn't tell you every single game moving forward will be an Xbox exclusive. That was not the wording at all. So, not to be a buzzkill, I know people want Xbox to answer yeah. PlayStation with Indiana Jones as an exclusive, buy out the contract, make it an exclusive. Um, I just don't think they will. If if it was already a done deal, they will not, and it will be multi-platform. But 
It would be like that would be one of those crazy purchases where like when you buy a car and then they take you into the warranty room and just throw other stuff on you. I you when you're talking you got me thinking about Phil spending seven point five billion dollars and then after everything's done they go over and look at the papers and they go, Oh, you know, you got some more, <laughs> what games you got over there? Oh, we would have to buy those out. I just kind of tapped out. I just, here. I just paid seven point five billion. I ain't throwing another billion in the mix to get exclusivity. Okay, well. So MVG was. Were you with me? Were you like a year ago? Were you like, uh, you know, I don't think that's going to be exclusive, but it's kind of changed your opinion once you started seeing these other deals strike. Um, yeah, I mean, I, again, you know, Miles brought up a good point that a lot of these games had already been signed and the deals have already been done. So we don't necessarily know um, what the contracts look like, right? So, yeah, I mean, for me, I, I've always just felt like um, anything that was kind of, you know, this year and previously is kind of up in the air a little bit. But anything that was kind of announced, um, you know, earlier this year, like Indiana Jones, for example, is probably going to be exclusive. Um, and going forward, I, I would expect, you know, I, I don't want to say everything will be exclusive going forward, but I would say the big heavy hitter games are probably going to be exclusive to Xbox going forward. So, yeah, I mean, that's probably my take on that. Yeah, it kind of comes down to like a licensing thing. Like Starfield was able to pivot and stay exclusive. Like we can see that there was some kind of change behind the scenes. But like when you're looking at it, you're signing a deal with Disney and LucasArts, it might be a little more complicated. Uh, mm-hmm. CMAD gives a $5 super chat. Thanks, CMAD. He says, back to when we we're talking about the mid-gen refresh. He says, we haven't made it to the point where full-fledged 4K HDR 120 hertz HDMI 2.1 monitors and TVs are affordable or widely available. I, mm-hmm. I haven't done the pricing MVG, but I think a 2.1 TV is usually around 800 to 1,000 in the mm-hmm. US. Yep. Right? So it's not it's not exorbitant but uh i mean i paid <laughs> we paid a lot of money for an hd tv when they first came out you know uh 15 years ago uh sh- shout out to yudani quizada with the five dollar super chat this is the first day that i'm saying his name correctly <laughs> i think so in honor of mvg he says and to the whole panel if you could get an old school game remade oh he's giving you the wish list not remastered remade he says because there is a difference uh, let's, we'll start with Miles. What would be your dream remake video game? I, anyone who knows me probably already knows what's going to come out of my mouth here. But Phantom Dust. What? If anyone, <laughs> Xbox, if anyone from Xbox is listening to this, you promised me a Phantom Dust remake. You promised you know me a Phil Phantom Dust that. reboot. And here we are, six years later. Nothing on the table, nothing on the horizon, and I'm supposed to be okay with it? No. You rubbed the genie lamp and you asked for phantom dust right out the gate? Phantom dust. Uh, and I'll do it every, every single time. One game, If I could will one game into existence today, it would be a phantom dust reboot. Oh, my gosh. MVG, what, what is in your magic lamp for a remake? This is hard. Uh, I've probably got about four or five games, but if I had to pick one right now, it's got to be Metal Gear Solid for me. Come on, let's let's oh, get I Metal that Gear was Solid coming back. too. Oh yeah, so good. If it That's is even so... better. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, I mean, there better. was a rumor that we were going to see it at the PlayStation event, but it has not materialized. If it is, if it is, that's a really tough one for me to think of. Uh, you know what I want? This is kind of weird. This wouldn't be my dream dream, but I'll just say this coming off the top of my head. I want a highly high quality looking 
2D Ninja Gaiden game Ooh, with all of the with the wall jumping and the and the slashing and the power ups. Yep. But I yes. I don't want pixel art retro. I you, want like you want it high like quality. Me- you want it like Metroid Dread the way that's looking right now, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or like uh, its game wasn't rated very well, but Bio- Bionic Commando Rearmed oh, had yeah. like really great graphics and lighting, but it had the same mechanics of the classic. I would love to play like an eight level Ninja Gaiden game that just looks just amazing with all the lighting effects and the high frame rate. Like that would be awesome. Sir X-Man. Thank you for the $2 separate chat. He says, hit the like everyone and share. Yeah. You know, I don't ask people to share the show, but yeah, share it wherever. Uh, I don't know. Hit the share button and send it to Facebook. Tell your mom to come check us out. We're <laughs> handsome dudes. <laughs> no, you guys are great. I appreciate it. Let, let's talk about, um, uh, what else was on the show that was Xbox related? Uh, we t- Tiny Teen- Tiny Tina's uh, RPG is. Uh, I'm embarrassed, Miles. I'm so sorry, Miles. You're the best, though. Uh, I'm old enough to be Miles' father, so uh, we can make jokes like that. I'm probably old <laughs> but, enough uh... to be your father, Colt. So there you go. <laughs> no, you'd be surprised. You'd be surprised. I started gaming on the television, so oh, I, yeah, I'm very very. We were probably age, around the same age then. Yeah. <laughs> But, you know, the cool thing is I watch the chat a lot and there's a lot of, I won't even say the age. There's a lot of people who've played a lot of game consoles in their lifetime. I'll say it that way. Uh, but we are, we are, we still act like we're kids because we love video games. But w- what else was there, Miles, at the, at the game showcase? I think there's one more thing uh, because KOTOR is probably coming to Xbox. I don't mm-hmm. know how long they're going to hold on to that one, but um, there was something else there. That was kind of Xbox related, and I'm blanking on it all of a sudden. Yeah, I mean there were a few. We had we had Blood Hunt, we had Alan Wake, uh, Forspoken as well, which that is another timed exclusive. And if I th- that one is, t- you think that'll come to Xbox? I don't. I'm not sure. Like it's, the- it's two year timed exclusivity on that one, from what I understand. I don't know what the platforms will look like after the fact. Um, but yeah, in terms of other Xbox ones, I don't. I don't know. Jordan James says a bunch of old geezers in this freaking chat. Uh, <laughs> I don't. It's so funny because when I talk to guys from the UK, they use the word geezer a lot. So that's probably a compliment for us. Oh, Ghostwire Tokyo, and I'm seeing in the chat. Ghostwire, yeah, Ghostwire. Yeah, I mean, they had a really great showcase. But one of the other, we'll, we'll end on, we'll end the PlayStation discussion on this one. Uh, they showed a really big, and if you're only on Xbox, this one stings. They showed Wolverine is an insomniac game from one of the best studios in the world. MVG, what is this? How's this one hit you? Oh man, this this came out of nowhere. This one, you know, like it was uh, just one of those announcements that no one had really heard about. Like there, I didn't read any leaks about it or anything like that. So I was like, wow, this is this is pretty amazing that Insomniac's working on this game. Um, it's probably a few years away, though. I mean, based on what we saw, it was just a tease, right? I mean, it was just the shot of him in the bar, you know, um, after he'd beaten up a bunch of people. So I I felt like it's probably a few years away, but really, really massive game for Insomniac to get. And, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Absolutely. Yep, yep. I mean, how long do you think? What, what's your guess on the release release Ooh, year for that game? Probably 23 I'm thinking. Oh, that's soon from what I from what I get guesses. Yeah, around. I'd say holiday 23 maybe. But again, I guess the question is, well, and I know we haven't talked about Spider-Man 2, but 
where does that fit into the to the message? Because I mean, they're not going to drop both of those games around the same time. I mean, I feel like there's going to be at least one year between them, right? So, um, which one's first? Well, that's a good question. I mean, they did didn't they say that Spider Man Two was twenty three? So maybe Wolverine's yeah. twenty four. But twenty four sounds like a long, long way away, you know, for for this game. But um, who knows? I mean. Are we saying it's 22 for this game? Because I don't think there's any chance of that. No. No, I don't yeah, right. No. So I guess I guess maybe it is 24. You know, maybe maybe spring spring of 24 or um, summer of 24 or holiday of 24 for uh, Wolverine. But um, either way, I mean, just huge announcement overall for for Insomniac and Sony to get that. Yeah, it is. It is. Miles, what was your reaction in the moment? Yeah, it's it's wild. First, we have to, no matter what console you prefer to play on, we have to give Insomniac a shout out for being one of the most ridiculously consistent studios. How do you even put out that many games in this time span? We're going to have Ratchet and Clank. We're going to have Spider-Man Miles Morales. We're going to have Spider-Man 2. We're going to have Wolverine in the span of like four years from this from this developer. That is absurd. That is so wild. Um mm-hmm. I got to shout out if you look closely so, some some nerds in that trailer have Uh-oh. pulled out the the license plate in that in that trailer that has oh, HLK 181 which is a reference to a Wolverine and Hulk crossover comic from back in the day. So if they give me Wolverine and the Hulk in the same game, oh oh you bet I'm going to be playing that day one. Was it the Hulk game an Xbox exclusive back in the day? Day or was it uh, or was that like a uh Multiplat, the OG Xbox Hulk game. And, there was a yeah. there was a Hulk game that kind of was that prototype kind of copy where you just ran up buildings and smashed everything. But I don't remember if it was exclusive. The chat might be able to round that one out oh, real quick. Miles, what what year do you think Wolverine releases? I think twenty four safe. If mm. if you know, maybe they don't sleep. Maybe we get it. Maybe they give a Spider Man two and Wolverine in twenty twenty three. But I do agree they'll space them out by a year, and I think it's going to be 2023 and 2024. For games that yeah. big, that's probably a pretty smart move. Tsar uh, Cronus says, Kotar's coming to PC2, Colt. He he wrote that while I was talking, and I kind of, it's synonymous, right? If, if it's an Xbox game, of course, it's coming to PC, but we're seeing, people forget this, guys. PlayStation has had tons of exclusives that also released on PC, just not their first-party games. It's always their partner games. It happens so much that uh, it's synonymous to something I just uh, I don't usually end up mentioning. Ural, Ural Delgado, thanks for the $5 super chat. He says, what game do you think is unannounced spring 2022? Xbox games hoping for a possible Quake reboot. There was this rumor as part of our leaked conversation we're going to have tonight about a... Was this Windows Central, <laughs> Miles? Uh, was this... The people you work for that talked about a... No, no, no. Clobril talked about this. Did you hear about this? He talked about an unannounced game that's not quite new that's coming in 2022. And that rhymed like I was doing a poem. <laughs> it's just beautiful, Cole. I got... You know, I'm grateful that I get to bring up Phantom Dust twice in the same podcast. Because no. <laughs> as soon as that blog post went up on Twitter, I had... So many people tagging me in the thread, speculating that it could be Phantom Dust, <laughs> because the wording that Clobril used was very specific and very odd. He said okay, there was going to be a an, 
a new unannounced game launching Q2 of 2022, but it wasn't technically a new game. So it's an unannounced game, but not technically a new game was the wording that he used. So, and you um, get Phantom Dust from that because you have a massive bias for that for that game. People tagged me, Colt. Okay, people <laughs> tagged me in this. So I am grateful that people thought of me when they saw this and thought of Phantom Dust more specifically. But I, I honestly don't really know what what this is specifically referencing. He's been pretty cryptic about it, but mm-hmm. I'm sure there's not a huge list of unannounced games that aren't technically new. So um, it'll be kind of interesting to see what that ends up being. I would assume it would be something smaller, not like a massive juggernaut uh, knock your knock you off your seat thing that just comes unannounced in the next Q2. Is that like summer? Yep. Yeah, te- yeah. people are saying spring, yeah. but he said Q2 specifically. Yeah, that, you know, you could be on to something there, Miles. You could be on to something there. We have uh, Infernaltum1 says top-tier content. He gives a su- super chat for 10 bucks. so to appreciate this. He says top-tier content, Colt, Miles, MVG, Spool super awesome, loving the discussion. That's good to talk about this stuff. It's good to get out in the open. We're always, we want, we're never happy with, we get all these games, can't even finish them. We want to know what's new. Timothy Smith with the $10 Super Chat says, love your show and keep up the great content. This podcast has been great to listen to during my long commute to and from work. So yeah, that is a lot of driving. Uh, Let me do one more and then we'll get back. We got Lord Starkiller Xbox SS01. $10 Super Chat says, let's bring back Road Rash. Would look great on today's consoles. Been gaming since the 70s in the arcades. Still love gaming. Oh, man. So we got another geezer, right? I'll take a Road Rash reboot. Let's go. So, MVG, have you played Road Redemption? Road Redemption? I have not played It's like a Road Rash wannabe, I guess. Oh, Uh, right. No, I I, I don't know if I should say this, but I've never heard of that game. Let me see. I think it's on console by now. I bought it on PC a few years ago. But uh, yeah, it's basically you know beating up people on the highway in your motorcycle, and uh, yeah, it's out on everything now. So yeah, you can get your fix somehow. But Road Rash is a classic. Uh, MVG, what are what's one of your favorite like arcade classics growing Ooh. up? I, I mean, Street Fighter is is probably one of my favorites, right? I mean, it was the the resurgence of the arcades. You know, when the whole arcade business was just dying out, they just Capcom dropped Street Fighter 2 and the rest is history. So for me, it's hard to go past that. But other big, big heavy hitter arcade games I like. Um, I love NBA Jam. I'm a huge fan of that game. I did a video on NBA Jam and the source code um, is out there on on the internet and I was dissecting how the rubber banding code works in that game. So I'm I'm fascinated by that game. Oh my gosh. So you should check out that video if you you get a chance. I will check that out. (laughs) Um, It's so crazy. (laughs) <laughs> um, yeah, I, I love arcade games. Uh, I love um, racing games like Outrun and Daytona, of course. But I mean, if you if you tell me what's one game, it'd have to be Street Fighter, Street Fighter Two. Nice. Yeah, it has to be. Shout out to Fonzarelli Gaming in the chat for uh, for hanging out. He's got a great podcast, Games Talk Live. So uh, you got to check that out on Sunday. Miles, what's your number one arcade game? It gives you the goosebumps. <sighs> number one arc. Oh, that's tough. I I admittedly was on on the tail end of the arcade scene. So my experience growing up was arcade machines that happened to be at movie theaters. So I didn't have a huge list of options, but house of the dead was always my go-to anytime I saw any house of the dead cabinet, 
I was there. I love campy horror. I love gore. And it was just this beautiful blend of both. Um, so that's that, that would be my pick. Miles is always the dark, dark soul wherever he goes with, with a smile. I love that. With you what, know, what, we love Colt, what about you? What's your uh, uh, what's your pick? I always get a good feeling when I see the classic Double Dragon cabinet. Like, yeah. Even when I see that now, I go, "Gosh, dang, those graphics look so good!" And I remember as a, um, I mean, I'm I'm old, but I think I was probably about 13, 14 years old, or twelve years old, seeing that. Man, that looks so cool. Those, those, those graphics look so great. And I remember you, then you go home to the Nintendo. It's like, <laughs> I loved Double Dragon 2 and one on the NES, but they're not the same. You know, the character's this big on the Nintendo. It's like this tall on the arcade. So I remember back in those days, you look at the box, right? And they would like put the arcade graphics on the box to make you think that this is what you were getting when you, when you bought the game and you oh, took it home. Yeah. And it's like, this isn't anything like what the screenshots on the back of the boxes is. Yeah, I mean, characters had like two colors. They had like their skin color and their clothes. And their hair was usually the same color as their shirt. Oh, man. But that's so funny because people whine about pixels and resolution and all this stuff when they don't realize how amazing games look. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, hand, hand-drawn 2D sprites. I mean, I that's that's stuff that i just really really admire and respect the artists that did all that stuff you know um amazing amazing work i'm not i'm definitely not you know saying that 3d isn't an art form it absolutely is but those 2d artists that could do 2d artwork unbelievable yeah they weren't rigging their animation character they were drawing all their movements frame by frame like a like a cartoonist it it's it is a totally different art form and uh I am glad to say that I can be appreciative of both for sure. But um, those, those iconic characters like double dragon and Ninja Gaiden. And you know, you got miles with house of the dead. He's like the little goth boy in the movie theater. But, (laughs) but what, but Xbox fans are mostly asking for is that iconic superhero character. I'm going to start off with miles on this because he's had some spicy takes on what Xbox should bring. But, they need like something big, big or bigger as Master Chief. Like they need that iconic, world-renowned character. What is it, Miles? Xbox needs a superhero to answer PlayStation. Um, <laughs> that's what people want to hear. I get it. Yeah. I under I understand where where people are coming from. Obviously, superheroes have a lot of mass appeal, and I think that's where a lot of these conversations are coming from. Is you have PlayStation with Spider Man, which in the superhero space, it doesn't really get bigger than Spider-Man. Spider-Man's huge. No matter who you are in the world, no matter what your interest is in movies, film, video games, whatever, you know Spider-Man. You know mm-hmm. Spider-Man, and that carries a lot of weight. There was a period in time where, let's be real, nobody really cared about a lot of Spider-Man games. If we look at Xbox 360 era, we look at a, there was a ton of Spider-Man games in that period, but they weren't a couple gems as important as let's say yeah. insomniac spider-man and i think that's really brought to light the importance and value of certain ip so we have a contingent of xbox fans who either want a marvel game from xbox or they want to increase the division even further and say no marvel sucks dc xbox needs to go <laughs> all in on dc that way we can have xbox versus playstation marvel versus dc xbox needs batman Batman is the, the the counter, the answer to Spider-Man. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. I keep thinking that too. 
MVG, who is the superhero to save the dying Xbox brand? Or as as they say, right? I think it's Batman as well. You know, it has to be. I mean, the obvious choice would be the Hulk, right? I mean, it's green. It's green. Right? Let's yeah, yeah, let's go. You, you, you've got that. You've got that branding thing going on. But I mean, Batman is is uh, you know pull so much more of an audience, and I think it's probably the right move for them if they if they choose to go down that path. Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is which is the the thing that this really comes down to is Phil Spencer's not this evil overlord who's going to Disney and saying. Give me these IP. I will find a team. Okay. I don't care who you give me X, Y, Z IP. We're making superhero games calls up obsidian. Guess what? You're making Dr. Strange. Sorry. Can't cancel a vow because you're on Dr. Strange now. <laughs> or reskin it. <laughs> reskin it. That's yeah, the Dr. Strange. Yeah, that's not how it works. So it has to be a combination of teams within Xbox actually wanting to do it because Xbox could. <laughs> They have the money. They could easily do it, but they're not going to force one of their teams to make a superhero game. Yeah, I love watching you like on the phone doing the classic like phone pantomime. Uh, this is a. I said something on Game on Daily Show on Saturday. They're they're a great channel. You got to check them out. These guys are from the UK and they they interview really great people too. Um, but I said, okay, here's the situation we're in, guys. Xbox fans want a superhero game. So if Phil Spencer and Matt Booty were like, okay, we hear you. Let's start shopping around for a superhero franchise license. MVG, I'll ask you first. If if this was a discussion, they were going to say, let's have a meeting in two weeks. We're going to talk about what we can do to mitigate this no superhero on Xbox. How long would it take for them to shop and build and release a game? Ooh. Ooh. Years. I mean, it could be four or five years before we see this game come out, right? I mean, yeah, I I think it would take quite a while. Um, I, I think the shopping part of it would probably be at least six to twelve months, you know, mm-hmm. of just that alone. And then once the deal's done, then you kind of in pre production for the game. I mean, it could be, you know, it could be twenty twenty five before we we actually see something come out of that. You know, I mean, hopefully, you know, they don't keep quiet about it all that time and they. They do what Sony has done, and that is they they tease you something, you know, three years, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, they, they, yeah, they tease they they tease you something um, that's coming out in you know in three years from now or two and a half years from now, which is what they'll probably do. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think look, it's not just a case of writing a check, opening up the checkbook, and, and saying let's let's get let's get Batman and, and start working on a game and expecting it to come out in twenty twenty three or twenty twenty. Or even, I mean, it, it could be a while before we see something, the fruits of that labor, I guess. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking. Miles, do you do you agree with them? Do you think it would be five years? Do you think it could be longer? Do you think it's going to matter by then? Those are kind of the two questions I want to ask you. How long do you think it'll be? And you think by then the ship will have sailed and it'll be too the, late? The for superhero Xbox. fad will have come and gone. Um, sure. It's an interesting <laughs> thing to talk about because... I, I sat down and I talked to Joe Neat and Mike Chapman about the process of getting Pirates of the Caribbean and Sea of Thieves. And really what that stemmed from was the team at Rare being incredibly passionate about Pirates of the Caribbean. Having this pitch of how the game would how the Sea of Thieves would blend with Pirates of the Caribbean, and then going to Disney and saying, Hey, we have this idea. This is what we want to do. This is how we want to bring these iconic characters to 
to our game. And Disney saw this pitch and loved it. Uh, it was instantaneous. They, they loved the idea. They were all on board. And now we have the lore of Pirates of the Caribbean interwoven into Sea of Thieves as a permanent part of the game. Um, That's surprising. So I think yeah. for Xbox as well, uh, the licensing stuff is probably something that they need to ensure can stay within Xbox Game Pass and Xbox in perpetuity. So they can't have situations where they spend all this money to publish a game and then they have to worry about things being delisted, licenses expire. So that probably also complicates it. But ultimately, it's going to come down to Xbox needs a team internally that's not super busy on a project right now and wants to make a superhero project right now. Okay. I've got a question from from the chat. I, I don't know where he said it a long time. Rick Payne was asked, wanted to ask you guys. I'll have to try and paraphrase it. Maybe if he's still here, he can kind of um, course correct it. But he said something into the effect of, do you think these licensing deals are happening because Game Pass is eating into sales? I'm not quite sure what he means about that because we know that Game Pass has not negatively affected sales of games. Here he is. He says... I have a question I want to ask the panel, Cole. It came to my... He kept it in copy-paste. What a stallion. He says, It came to my mind today, could some games not be an exclusive like Knights of the Old Republic because of Xbox Game Pass eating into sales? Um, hmm. Not being exclusive. I'm not, could some games so, not be an exclusive like KOTOR because of Xbox Game Pass eating into sales? So I guess what I'm gathering from this question is... He is saying, could a publisher like Aspire or whoever, yeah, a publisher like Aspire be saying, we don't want this game in Game Pass, and that's why it's a PlayStation exclusive? Is, is that the oh, question? Oh, that could be. That could be, Rick. You can... MVG, what are you uh, translating from this? That's I kind of got the same thing as what Miles was saying. Um, yeah, that's kind of how I read, read that question. Yeah. I'm, I'm um, not sure what the answer is, though. <laughs> Benji sales sales says, "Well, Game Pass is a mixed bag in terms of boosting or taking away sales, and it really depends on the type of game that's in there. Uh, you know, some games, if they're smaller, they get a massive boost. Um, some people wait to for a game to drop on Game Pass. So he's right. Benji sales is right. It's a mixed bag. He says more than likely, if it's exclusive, it will be in Game Pass. Um, yeah, it's." It's a tough deal. The whole licensing thing, licensing thing is part of this discussion where people want the Xbox guys want a new superhero. They want something to combat the sting. Like Spider Man was bad for a little bit. Now it's Spider Man and Wolverine. So I've, I see the chat. You're naming all kinds of characters, and uh, Mary Poppins is is would be a great get for Xbox. But uh, <laughs> no, but seriously. So um, let's talk about Redfall because. Uh, there was a leak that came out. <laughs> My mouse just like broke. Thank you, mouse. Uh, there was a leak this weekend. MVG, I, I know Miles is on this. I'll start with you, MVG. Did you pay much attention to this Redfall leak? Uh, I read the articles. I looked at the screenshots. Um, it, uh, yeah, it looks interesting. I mean, I guess the 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 underlying things that I've heard is it's in the style of Borderlands, which, you know, um, I think is, is quite cool. Um, I mean, yeah, it, it, it looks, looks interesting. I, I think the leaks themselves, um, I'm, I'm big on 
this this idea of like controlled leaks. I don't, I don't know if this was something that was leaked out, um, you know, intentionally, but I felt like these screenshots were pretty well curated as well. So it's hard to say where where these leaks came from. But um, look, I'm, I'm I wasn't really big on the game when they first showed it um, at Xbox E3. Now I'm kind of really excited about this game. So. Maybe See. if it, if it was a controlled leak, um, it, it did the job. So I'm kind of on board with this now. I definitely want to see more of it. So I, I think it's uh, it looks pretty cool. Yeah, I did a video on it Saturday, so I, I don't want to like take any of the time. But Miles, when did you I, actually you were tagged in this, weren't you? You and I were tagged mm-hmm. in this on Friday night. Yeah, yeah. So this broke late late Friday night, and I loved what I heard about the premise. When we first saw the reveal trailer, a lot of people and even people up until last week thought this was a Left 4 Dead clone based yep. on how they showed it, based on the vibe. They're like, is this Left 4 Dead? And they, they came out explicitly and said, no, this is not Left 4 Dead. But still, like the initial reveal, I think, kind of gave people a the wrong impression of what this game was going to be. So seeing these screenshots, I have a much better idea of kind of what to expect. And the the co-op RPG elements, let's go. Like, Everyone who knows me knows I love co-op, knows I love RPGs, and Arcane has consistently proven that they know how to make, you know, the player agency the main driver of these games. So if you give me an open-world co-op RPG with some of the the wacky physics and kind of flexibility that Arcane's known for, I'm I'm mm-hmm. gonna play it. That's simple. Yeah, uh, Arcane's like there. You know, people are wondering if Bethesda is going to be any good under Xbox. They're already proving that today quite well. Uh, I'm a big Borderlands fan, and if anything can compete with what makes Borderlands so addictive, I think that's a really good thing to hear. Are you with MVG on this? Uh, Could this possibly be a controlled leak? Was this something to get more information out? (laughs) I I don't know. I, I, I know that's a conversation people have. I don't often buy into that philosophy. I will say that some of the screenshots didn't have textures whatsoever, Hmm. Which makes yeah. me feel like probably not because a lot of people were ripping into the graphics of this. And that's kind of where I'm at. It's like this looked too early to be some sort of like, hey, like check out check out what we're working on just because of the graphical imperfections that I saw. But yeah, who knows? Yeah. I don't know. MVG, when do when do games start really starting to sweeten up the look in development? Oh, I mean, it, it's really in the last third, really. I mean, um, at least in my experience, and I will say, you know, I've I've not worked on AAA before. I've worked on indie games, and and I think things are a lot different in in the AAA world. But you know, when you're working on games, like everything just seems like it's it's tied together with string and spaghetti and stuff. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> in the last, I guess the last few months, everything just I don't want to say magically, but everything just comes together. You know, um, so mm-hmm. it's hard to really know how. I guess you're alluding to how you know how far along is development on this game. It's really hard to, to gauge based on what we've seen. Um, it could yeah. be a lot further along than what you think, but it also you know it could just be like Miles said. It could just be literally leaked screenshots from a developer's machine that didn't pull down the assets that particular day, or you know some new assets sure. weren't available, and and here we are. So it's it's very difficult to know how far along the game is just based on on those on those screenshots but Do if i was ever... to estimate probably somewhere mid mid midway through development okay say. do they ever like kind of pare down some things so they can test 
online capabilities or mat, you know, uh, co-op or different, maybe they're testing physics and RPG elements. So they have a build that's like more pared down. So they don't have to worry about graphical loads. Do they ever do things like that? Have you ever in your yeah. experience? Like, yeah. Is it that, possible that it's what we're looking at? Yeah, that, that's true. I mean, I think, um, you know, the more things that you push over the wire, right, the more delay and the more lag that you, you'll ultimately get. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think there is a, a, a period of time where you do tweak the game um, to kind of suit the multiplayer experience. I mean, that's why you see, great example is, you know, you see um, split-screen co-op games and stuff um, have less textures because, you know, they're trying to, push more right um so mm-hmm. yeah i mean that's definitely something that happens in 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 you know in the development life cycle yeah it's i just see the really strong that's a nice word the strong fanboys like using this as an opportunity to make fun of the game to make fun of the platform people we forget that there's developers and teams passionate teams behind these projects and they're not ready yet like yeah this isn't most likely isn't in a controlled leak and Arcane is probably not happy this stuff leaked. And this happens, unfortunately, with the internet is very prolific. So we've got Sir X-Men. He says, uh, with a $2 super chat, says, I want Mech Assault or Project Gotham Racing or Burnout 3 Takedown. I think is what he says. All all of those are good picks. I'll (laughs) take any of those. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, I would love to hear about those. And Gaming Super Snake, thank you so much for the $20 Super Chat. He says, love what you do. Charles Guzman here on Twitter. It's going to be a great year this holiday for Xbox and movies at that for sure. Matrix. Also, if possible, shout out to my son Nikolai and Liam, current and future Xbox players. So if they're listening to the show, you know, families can watch this show. We keep the language pretty uh i try to at least i've had great guests that are pretty respectful you guys are doing great tonight but yeah shout out to nikolai and liam uh gaming fans for watching the show hopefully you're learning something we've got two guys here that have been in the industry and are doing their thing reporting creating uh sharing their content so it's a great honor great honor uh, we got spider with a nok 50 uh, i don't know what currency that is it is uh, Norwegian. Sweet. All right, Norwegian Krone. So I, okay, I am one eighth Norwegian. I've never really been out of the world. So one day I'll come visit you, Spider, and uh, we'll hang out and we'll have uh, shoot. What's it called? There's a famous dish. But well, anyway, he says Series X streaming will become available on Xbox One. So he's talking about earlier when we talked about you can use XCloud console to play next-gen games on your xbox one he says do you think it will happen before december miles do you know what their timeline is on console game streaming i think they told us this holiday correct me if i'm wrong but i think the last trailer that they revealed said holiday of this year so yeah it's coming in the next couple months which which will be really cool again when you have these big games coming out like redfall that are gonna skip the xbox one you might have some Mm -hmm. buddies Still clinging on to that launch Xbox One. You want to check out Redfall. And as long as they have a, a solid internet connection, you're good to go. That's it. And then yeah, I hope that works you're, well. your homies who never have the game installed, you can be like, sorry, dude, you don't even have to install it. Open it up <laughs> yes. right now. We're playing the Master Chief collection. I don't care if you don't have the space. <laughs> the oh Xbox my gosh. Lisa lives on. I love it. I it love does. It. I it still does. have one. I don't know why I have it. I've got the Halo edition. 
prop up a bookshelf or something. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> but yeah, I've got so many Xboxes here. Uh, I, I need to do something with them. Uh, Aquaman with the $2. Aquaman 01 says, with the $2 Super Chat, says, is Final Fantasy Remake, uh, I think he's talking about Final Fantasy 7, and Persona come into the Series X. <gasps> We were talking about that, Miles. Like you said, that Forspoken's going to come, and I kind of get this feeling like these Square Enix deals or Square Enix deals aren't going to come. I, I feel like they're just going to be forever on PlayStation, but maybe that's the pessimist in me. What's it's the haps. PlayStation is working really, really hard to make sure that franchises like Final Fantasy have brand synonymity or whatever is the right word there for. PlayStation. They want you to think of Final Fantasy and PlayStation as one and the same. So when you think of Final Fantasy, you instinctively know that you're going to buy it on a PlayStation. So that's why we're seeing these. Mm-hmm. PlayStation's no longer saying we're okay with one year. If we're if we're buying exclusivity, yeah. we want it two years. And realistically, the the hardcore Final Fantasy fans, even if you have an Xbox, even if you prefer Xbox, you're probably not waiting two years to play Final Fantasy VII Remake, but I know some people are holding out Persona 5, Final Fantasy 7 Remake. Yeah. I I want to believe that, yes, they are coming to Xbox. I have no idea what the timeline looks like anymore, though. I, yeah, uh, I don't think either of them will, unfortunately. I'm feeling like, that way. Miles, Miles brought up some good points about Sony. Just They're just going to keep writing checks and sending them <laughs> off to Square every few years and say, hush, you know, go away. <laughs> We're, Leave we're, it we're alone. Good. Don't we're, don't we're change good. the label on the case. Yep, <clears throat> that's how I feel like it is. Like we we waited a year, and people were like, oh, I think uh, Final Fantasy VII is coming out this year, and I'm like, I don't think it is because it just, I don't know, I don't know. We we got Plasma CRT with a 179 pound super chat says MVG. I love your videos. Thank MVG, you. brag for a minute. What's <laughs> your biggest video on YouTube? Uh, brag. Well, actually- so my biggest video on YouTube has about three and a half million views, and it's how this the Nintendo Wii was hacked with a pair of tweezers. Check out the video; it's, <laughs> yes. a, it's a it's a real good one. Yes. <laughs> who would have thought? Right? Who would have? Th- who would have thought? Like, what would make your top viral video? Uh, I have one that says with three point four million or three point two million that says PS Five is coming in twenty nineteen, and that video. I've never been able to match that, but uh, <laughs> I don't know. I think it's funny. We, Lord Starkiller with the $10 super chat. Thanks, Lord Starkiller. I love this guy. He, he's an old gaming soul like myself. He says, I loved Asteroids. Gosh, I remember playing that on my friend's TV where it was black with like dark gray uh, triangles, you know, moving around. Banger graphics. He says, I loved <laughs> Asteroids. Most ships I had lined up was 20 plus. Whoa. Also, for MVG, he says, I loved NBA Jam and Tron. Oh, Tron's right a, a dusty game for sure. Okay, this one's for you again, MVG. You've you got a super fan in Special Nick from Xbox Era, good friend of ours. <laughs> he says, how did MVG and I have the exact same taste in games and yet such different taste in TV shows? So upsetting. He, he's so well, mad. What, what's the story there? So, okay, so I was on Xbox Era a couple of weeks ago now and he asked me if i liked the tv show friends and um i said i didn't but i and i said it sucked because i I don't (laughs) like that show and um he's been very very upset since then very salty about it so nick nothing personal my friend you know just don't like friends well nick probably really likes ross so we'll just uh We'll just dismiss him from there. Now we love <laughs> we love special Nick. He's amazing. Uh, Dan Lazaro with the two dollars super chat. He says, "Nah, 
Batman. We want Batman. You know, WB doesn't really want to sell, but they're owned by bigger things that maybe want to sell. So are we going to hear something about acquisition season, Miles? Don't be there. Acquisition season. You love to hear it. I love hearing it every single day on every podcast uh, ever. Um, <laughs> so are you asking if Xbox is going to buy WB and its parent company, DC? Is that the question? I wasn't asking you. I was just talking about it. No, I'm Okay, kidding. okay. Um, yeah, I don't know. Clearly, there was a point in time where WB was considering selling. And I think that's why we heard about those offers is Xbox mm-hmm. was or WB was like, here's what we have. How much are people willing to pay that? Um, we we heard of the conversations with Xbox looking at the business. Matt Booty has an intimate relationship with WB, so he knows the ins and outs. So I think mm. WB understood that the value proposition as it stood when those offers were up was not compelling for people. And that's why they're trimming some studios, selling off some visions and kind of streamlining, streamlining the business a little bit. So maybe they'll revisit those conversations in a year or two, but I'm not expecting a WB acquisition in the near future. I'll say that. <laughs> Yeah, I'm kind of with you. I'm kind of with you. Spider from Nor- Norway says, Green Arrow could potentially be interesting. Uh, I don't watch that show, but cool character. Um, another person in the chat said Wonder Woman. I mean, there's you could do some cool stuff there. That'd be Xbox cool. Has been, That'd be cool. Mm. Wouldn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. Because Xbox has been pushing these like really powerful heroines, and you got Joanna Dark coming, and uh, you know Kate Diaz from Gears, and like Wonder Woman could be amazing. Um, I don't know. Who knows? But Xbox has to answer. We'll hear about it in 2026. <laughs> One more from a red 13 says, what about Vi- uh, Valiant Comics? Bring back Shadow Man. Now, I'm not a comic aficionado for sure. Um, we, we I don't know back, what about Shadow Man. Not that I have did Shadow Man. We, we, we've done the game already. Okay. There you go. There you go, guys. Where are you at? <laughs> Clearly, you're not a big Shadow Man fan, are you? <laughs> shadow man uh oh my gosh this is so funny my mouse is like going crazy but i can still go on without it uh so uh, maybe <laughs> okay so i don't know a lot about this and maybe there isn't a whole lot to say but the nvidia leaks put out a big list of games that are coming to xbox and playstation and pc and one of the big leaks in there was a laundry list of playstation exclusives going to pc which lines up with their nixus acquisition a pc porting studio i know that windows central's covered this but miles you didn't do the work but can you get mvg and i up to speed on these leaks from nvidia yeah, so if you haven't checked it out, there is a massive list, uh, a massive list of, like you said, PlayStation games potentially getting ports to PC. There's games that are completely unannounced on here that people have speculated, like Dragon's Dogma 2 has been in the the rumor mill for a long time. And that's when a lot of people were expecting to be announced sometime this year. A game like that is is on this list. Um, so there is a ton of stuff. There's a there was a code name for an Xbox project, Project Ignis, which is also under the name uh, Oxide. Which yeah, Jez has some additional info there that says this is like a a strategy city sim. So Jez has some additional info that points to what Project Ignis is and how that could potentially be um, an Xbox exclusive. So there is a ton of stuff in here, and it's it's a mixed bag of 
stuff that maybe means nothing at all and stuff that probably definitely is unannounced games. So this is a big oopsie in a lot of cases. There is there's some yeah. stuff for sure that is going to be announced on here. That being said, we've also talked to developers, we being Windows Central, about the mm-hmm. process of using GeForce Now as a way to upload test builds for games. So with work oh. from home and with the processes involved there, a lot of studios are using GeForce Now to test builds. So that's what could some of the stuff could be. So it might not necessarily be that all these PlayStation exclusives are coming to PC, but they're potentially using this as, as test builds. That being said, mm-hmm. stuff like God of War 2018, I 100% expect to come to PC. Um, so yes, there's a lot. There's a lot of meat to it, and you got to sift through what's good, what's not. But um, it's a long list. Yeah, it's, long list. it's a massive list, and somebody's in in some trouble. <laughs> M- MVG, have you have you? This only broke like a few hours ago, and I think Nvidia is changing their password right now. But <laughs> do you did you look into this? Did, was this something that you dove into today? Uh, I read the article. In fact, I read the Windows Central article, and yeah, I mean that list is massive. And there there was some games on there that just made me do a double take like Chrono Cross, right? Which is the sequel to Chrono Trigger, which is arguably one of the best RPGs of all time. It's like, where, where's this coming from? And I think Miles's point is, you know, you got to separate the noise from the real stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think this is, is, is pretty big and, and yeah, whoever unfortunately uh, left their uh, computer unlocked, and uh, let it leak out. Um, it's probably uh, looking for another job right now because this is pretty big. Because I, I, I do expect some of this stuff to drop. Absolutely. Was there anything that stuck out? Like I was like, oh, Gear Six. I mean, I think we knew that would be coming. But was there anything that what, like caught your eye immediately? And it was a long list. Yeah, there was. I mean, some of the the, the Rockstar Take Two stuff things were interesting to see on there. But it, even for me, God of War twenty eighteen. Isn't wasn't necessarily a game that I ever thought would come to PC, even though Sony has been pushing the PC a lot more with you know the the Uncharted announcements um, at their show last week. But I just also felt like some of their games were just hands off. They're always going to be on on PlayStation, and for me, God of War felt like it was one of those games. But I mean, I guess not. You know, potentially we could see that come out come out to PC here. I mean, maybe a year because they've yeah. waited three years. Mm-hmm. I wonder if they're going to close that gap to maybe be a year or two after or maybe day and date. Do you think that PlayStation is <sighs> that's, that's <laughs> such a question. Do you think PlayStation will do day and date PC anytime soon? Or do you think they're going to slowly so. ease into that? I don't think so. I, I don't think they'll ever do day and date. Um, yeah, I think they, they got to take care of PlayStation first before they look at PC. Um, I mean, I think you know, they will be pushing more games to PC, but I can't see that ever happening. But then again, you know, um, it's, it's Sony. You know, they they tend to, again, you know, as, as mentioned with pricing and, and what we talked about before, they kind of do things a little differently sometimes. But for me, it's just hard to imagine a day and date thing um, yeah. on PS5 and PC on the same day, you know? Yeah, I talked to somebody at Xbox marketing, like pretty high up, uh, about two years ago, and I said, do you think that Sony's going to start doing day and date on PC? And even then, they said no. And, and it seems like that hasn't changed, but they're warming up to the PC ports. Mm. I think when Sony starts to see how much more money that they'll make with their big hit games, I think that will start to change. 
It's just their fans. They have to, they have to massage that into their mind. Yeah. As, as a different change. So uh, could, you, could you see like Ragnarok going um, day and date on the PC? Cause it's hard for me no, to imagine that would ever happen. I mean, know? I'm with you. I don't think they're, they're ready to do that for their fans. I think, PlayStation feels, and rightfully so, the way things go. I think PlayStation feels if they go day and date PC that they've let their fans down or they've betrayed them. Am I crazy for saying that? No, no, I don't think so. I mean, I don't know if it's betrayed them, but I think it's it's real. It's about market research at the end a of the disservice. day, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, maybe that's a yeah, that is a crazy <laughs> word. Thank you for grounding me down to to get my head out of the clouds. But you know, <laughs> yeah, I do feel like it they feel like they want that special experience, but really the special is the game, like how great the game is. And it's not going to Xbox, but we got uh, Alvin with a $5 super chat. He says, great show tonight. This is his perfectly timed comment. He says, any chance Microsoft extends Stalker 2 exclusivity like PlayStation extended the Final Fantasy games? I'll, I'll bounce back to MVG on that and then go to Miles. Stalker 2? Um how long was the exclusivity for? Like six months or something? It wasn't that long, right? A leak states in documents that it's only three months, but we haven't heard officially. Mm. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, I I don't know. I mean, if it's three months, then you kind of expect that maybe they will increase it a little bit just to you know to pick up that that uh, that Game Pass uh, those Game Pass subscriptions and, and whatnot. But mm-hmm. I mean. Look, if they do, I don't really expect it to be anything substantial. I mean, I think prob- it's probably going to be at the absolute high end. It's going to be one year, and, and then they'll they'll open it up. Okay, okay. Miles, what do you think is going on? Uh, I, believe, I believe they have confirmed, like publicly stated, that it will be three months. Um, so I'm in the camp. Okay. They'll, they'll just, they're, in my opinion, Xbox is using this to basically have their Q1 exclusive in launching an xbox game pass because as they've said their cadence is trying to be one big exclusive every quarter in xbox game pass and i think they realized that they didn't have something for q1 and they are using stalker in this case to, to kind of fill that gap even though i think it's april so it's technically outside of that but round down it's close enough it's it's in that window but i think it probably will just be the three months um, yeah i'm just getting to the point where it's like just I don't know, like these timed exclusives on either side, I think it's so annoying sometimes. Like, just buy the game. But uh, but then it causes other problems. Hmm. Uh, Sir, Sir X-Men says, my favorite game in arcade was called Star Castle. I don't even know what that is. I've heard of it. I just, I can't remember what game that was, though. Hmm. I'm going to have to look that up. If it's his favorite, it's probably pretty cool. Uh, Spider with the Norwegian 100 says, do you think that game streaming on Xbox will be a key component of holding on to customers who can't get a new console for any reason? Um, and he says, I'll, I'll hook you up with food when you come to Norway. Um, he said, he asked this game stream will be a key component to not leave behind customers. Yeah, I absolutely. Think so. Yeah, I think it will. I mean, and not, not just because they can't get a system or they, they maybe they don't want a new system or that, you know, um, they're, they're happy with their Xbox One. Um, it does mm-hmm. what they want, and it's, it's a nice value add for them at the end of the day. So um, I could definitely see it, you know, having a longer lifespan than what we initially in, intended for it. Okay. 
Uh, I've got a super chat here for Miles. I want him to take this. From David Kirchhoff, he says, with a five-euro super chat, he says, how about Venom? He killed Spider-Man once. He can do it again. How about Venom for Xbox? Even though (laughs) Venom is in in Spider-Man 2. He's in the Spider-Man 2 trailer, so unlikely. But Carnage. Let's do that. Carnage versus Venom. Xbox versus PlayStation. I don't know. Um, What what about this, MVG? What if at the end of Spider-Man 2, Venom kills Spider-Man, and then Xbox announces that they're doing an exclusive (laughs) Venom game? (laughs) That would be um, probably the hypest announcement in the the history of video games. Right up there with... uh, um, Peter Moore lifting up his shirt with uh, lifting up his sleeve with a GTA tattoo. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh! Can you imagine? Like Marvel's like, sorry, Insomniac. You know, Xbox paid for this, and this is how we have to do it. We got to stay canon. No, no, that's ridiculous. Uh, Lord Starkiller, thank you for the five dollars super chat. It says Microsoft shopping cart should include WB. Oh, he's filling it up. Take Two Interactive and possibly Square Enix. Jeez. No, Square Enix isn't going on Xbox. I don't think. Uh, one more. Xbox should have exclusives. Yoda game. That would be awesome, says Sir X-Men. All right. Uh, <laughs> so one last thing. We'll finish out talking about... Uh, th- and thanks to o- almost a 1,000 people watching. You guys are incredible. I'm here with Miles Dompierre of Windows Central, and I've got MVG of YouTube fame, and we've been talking about mostly about these licenses that need to come to Xbox and, and what the PlayStation's been buying but I want to talk about Deathloop, which came out today to critical acclaim, high-rated reviews. Miles Dompier, are you going to wait till next year to play Deathloop, or are you going to get it on PlayStation? Probably not. It, uh, it's, I have, I think, four teammates who got codes for him and playing it, and they just will not shut up about how, how good Deathloop is. As we've seen with all the glowing reviews, um, this could potentially be the best thing that Arcane has ever done and easily one of the best games of the year. Um, so, yeah, I'm probably going to cave and buy it on PlayStation because, uh, yeah, I want to be part of the... You know, I got the FOMO. Everyone's talking about how fun it is, and I, yep. I could wait a year, and it'll probably come to Game Pass in a year and day one, but I'll probably drop the 60 and just see what's going on with Deathloop because it see does what it's all crazy. about. All right, MVG, what's your take on Deathloop? You've watched reviews today. You're kind of mm-hmm. keeping an eye where you're at on it. Same as Miles, um, I'm probably going to pick it up. Like I thought, maybe I could just hold out for it, but um, I'm really happy that the game is doing so well. You know, because it, man, there was just that feeling about that game because you would see it at every single event. You know that they would show something, and it's like I'm I'm already tired of this game and I haven't even played it yet. So <laughs> now that it's finally come out, and it's interesting because a lot of the reviews that I've read about it. Um, the the kind of the the teaser trailers that they showed at all the events over the last you know eighteen months two years, um, kind of like what we talked about with Redfall, it didn't really necessarily show what the actual game was all about in in so many ways. So um, I'm I'm pretty excited about this game. Like I I, I wouldn't mind you know just getting stuck into this. So uh, I'm probably going to pick it up this week and 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 have a go on it because it looks really really fun and shout outs to arcane they they always do amazing work and you know i know that there was look i don't think this game was ever in a situation where it wasn't going to do very well but we just got bombarded with information about death loop and um i'm just Mm -hmm. so happy that that it's it's doing well and, and the game's out yeah like three or four trailers right 
the interesting thing that not a lot of people talk about is Arcane Leon, who is making Deathloop, or who or made it. I feel weird when I say Deathloop, like I'm talking about another Marvel character, DC character. But uh, Deathloop was made by Arcane Leon, which was going to shut down, remember, Miles? According to the roundtable for Bethesda, like they weren't sure if they are going to keep them open. Mm-hmm. Do you remember this? Yeah, because Bethesda realistically was struggling financially in some areas, and they were talking about, you know, trimming the business a bit. And that would have come with certain studios getting the axe. And this incredibly talented studio who put out a game of the year contender. Um, mm-hmm. Some people are calling this one of the eight. I saw takes saying that this is a game that they would use to teach people how to make video games. Like Jeez. that is how passionate people feel about the the gameplay and the mechanics of Deathloop. So to think that maybe this game would have never existed because that studio got axed is it's pretty wild. Yeah, and look at what they come up with. That's amazing. Yeah, it was an uh, it was an eighty eight on Metacritic for you Metacritic scorecard holders. Yeah, it's uh, doing well, and it's uh, it's got a lot of high rated scores. Uh, you know, a lot of tens. I mean, uh, amongst everything else. So. Yeah, I was going. My initial thought was to wait, but I just can't wait. I've got a PS5, and I could wait to play it for free on Game Pass. But you know, there's a lot of stuff stacked next year. Um, I've got JD Gamer. Thank you so much for the five dollars super. He says Microsoft should buy <laughs> these guys coming out with their shopping list. Microsoft should buy Sega, Capcom, <laughs> Crytek, WB Games, and Paradox Interactive. And sus- he puts out the prices. I, sh- I should have read those, but he said suspected total cost thirty five billion. I think he's being facetious, <laughs> but <laughs> but you know Satya said I'm all in, and Satya's like uh, I can't seem to find my checkbook right now. I'll get back to you on that on that shopping list. But uh, may as well go off to Nintendo as well. You're at it. <laughs> <laughs> just just buy just buy SpaceX and just get it over with, right? But you guys are amazing. I want to end the show by talking about what you guys think. I mean, the game of the year situation isn't over, but so far from what you've played or you've had hands on, we'll start with miles. What is your game of the year? What's your best bet and your personal game of the year? Actually, let's let's do it two ways. Give me what you think will be game of the year so far. That's out. And tell me what your personal game of the year is. It's, it's tough. It's also been kind of weird because I've seen a lot of people complaining that, this year's been slow for gaming, which for me, I can't even wrap my mind around that because there are so many amazing games I haven't even finished. Psychonauts 2, I want to finish that. I need to finish that. Um, Deathloop is dropping tonight. I, I need to play that. I need to finish that. Um, for me personally, my game of the year right now is probably Resident Evil Village. It came out oh, earlier okay. in the year. It's a horror title, so it probably won't be held in the same regards as a lot of these other game of the year contenders but for me resident Evil village that's my game of the year right now um what i think will be game of the year based on the conversations i've heard are probably going to be death loop or psychonauts 2 um wow. so that's why i especially i need to finish psychonauts 2 because i've seen so many glowing reviews about the the creativity um it's been a year for platformers it takes two for me one of the best platformers of the last decade. That game is an absolute masterpiece. Um, and people are telling me that Psychonauts 2 is better than that. So I need to finish that. But for me, it's Resident yeah. Evil Village. Yeah. Oh, wow. Those are good lists. MVG, what is, um, 
what is your personal game of the year? And then what do you think will be game of the year from what you played? Well, so far I've I've played It Takes Two, Ratchet and Clank. I've played Village. I've played Psychonauts. Um, and all of those games probably are going to be nominated, I think. And uh, obviously I haven't played Deathloop yet, which I, I think will be uh, will be up there as well. Um, the other game that I think is probably going to be in the conversation might be Metroid Dread on the Switch because Metroid mm-hmm. is is a big franchise for Nintendo. As, oh man, this is tough. Um, I think for me, probably game of the year that I I want to be is um, is Psychonauts two, and I think what's going to win is probably going to be Psychonauts two as well, or, or Deathloop, or Deathloop. But I haven't played Deathloop yet, so um, yeah. I think I think it's it's a tough one this year because you know the last year, if you look at the nominations, there was. Um, I don't want to say there was a clear favorite, but there was some real heavy hitter games that came out last year. Um, mm-hmm. This year, there's been quality games, you know, um, just just littered throughout the entire year, and it makes picking a winner, you know, an overall overall winner, very very difficult, you know, for this. So, I think Psychonauts too, but Deathloop may have something to say. Metroid may definitely have something to say as well. So we'll we'll see we'll see how it goes. Yeah, wow. I it, when I think about it, like this year has had so many great games, and they're not the big like jubber, juggernaut cinematic games. Uh, I just I was so won over by Psychonauts too. I, when I I played, uh, I played Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart before Psychonauts, and I thought, man, this game just was so beautiful, and the combat was so fluid. But the story just didn't do what Psychonauts did for me. And, you know, as a creator, as someone who tries to make YouTube videos and do the best work I can, like, and sometimes you you have doubts about yourself. Like, I know everybody here in the chat can relate. Sometimes you at your work or with your family or whatever, you have doubts. You have self doubts about if you're good enough. And that game just really nails like looking at how you deal with yourself and those funny things, the funny ways that they tackle the way we deal with things mentally and emotionally. It's just spot on. The game is great. And it takes two. Of course, uh, I played that game with my son and we just bonded over playing that. That deserves top, top reward as well. I've talked about that on the show a few times, but it's funny when you think about these whimsical games are kind of really winning over people lately. Uh, it's good to see. It's really good to see. Shout out to everybody for, for checking out the show. Hit the like button if you enjoyed what we're, what we're doing and what we're talking about. And if you learned anything... Hopefully you learned something. I've learned something talking to these two guys. I'm here with Miles from Windows Central, an MVG of YouTube, and we had a great discussion. We are also, uh, the XNC Podcast is on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Pocket Podcasts, and Spotify. So about an hour after this show drops, it'll be on demand, so you can put on the earbuds, go to the gym, go for a jog, play guitar. Play guitar? Yeah, play guitar to the show, right, Miles? And MVG? <laughs> Just play guitar and listen to the show. Yeah, no, but shout out to Lethal Papa and Happy Bond for modding and, and Fonz for stopping by and modding as well. You guys are incredible. Miles, sell yourself. Brag. Tell everybody where they can find you and what your claim to fame. What do they, what do they need to check out? Tell them about that review. Self-plugging. Uh, <laughs> I'll keep it short and sweet for everyone's sake here. If you want to 
get a hold of me. Hit me up on Twitter, just at Miles Dompierre, my first and last name here. I'm on Twitter a lot, arguably too much, but I do have an awesome time hanging out and chatting with everyone. So that's Twitter.com. The best place to get a hold of me. If you want to check out what I'm working on, I am the, the resident video guy for Windows Central Gaming. So a lot of the work that I put out goes there. And that's it. That's that's where you can find me. Awesome. Yeah. People everybody knows you. And then of course we got the famous MVG. Uh give yourself the self glorified self plug. Where can they find you? Uh what, you what can, should they be watch what should they watch of yours? Well, you can find me on Twitter at Modern Vintage G. Um I'm usually tweeting at least a few times a day. I'm pretty active on there, so hit me up with a follow and um yeah, just uh, enjoy the enjoy the ride there. But on YouTube, um Modern Vintage Gamer. Um I do a lot of technical deep dives i talk about hacking systems um defeating security on old consoles i do all sorts of stuff that doesn't involve let's plays and 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 game reviews so if you like that kind of stuff you want to get uh nerdy with me um check out my channel Uh, i drop a video uh every monday and sometimes i'll do a midweek video as well so and again thanks for having me on cult it was a lot of fun Oh, you're welcome, and risk it for the biscuit showing up here. Uh, yeah, he says do another hour. I, I don't think we'd make it, but I've got both of your. I've got Miles. I've got your link to Twitter in the description. MVG. I've got your link to your YouTube channel in there. So at any time, people can go there, click, hit follow, send you a DM, harass you, and tell you, you look great. All that good stuff. You guys are amazing. Thanks for the uh, about 900, almost a thousand people who came to watch the show. You guys are incredible. The chat's awesome. I wish I could watch it the whole time, but I will go back and check it out. I'll get timestamps. People always ask for timestamps. I'll get that up. You guys are so great. Have a great night. Wave goodbye, if you will, if you want to. Some people don't like to wave. Do the uh, parade wave. But yeah, thank you guys so much. We're out of here.